0: I'm hoping once I get this microphone boom come in that I'll be able to like actually cuz as it stands right now like I have to lean forward especially with this little tiny ass desk.
1: But <laughs> you know what I love is that you and Phil who are the most active of the foundation for are like buying all this equipment for it and I'm still like using like I'm the channel owner and I'm using like books and microphones like every day. <laughs> Phil bought $80 headphones uh, to replace his old, his old headphones. And he sounds amazing now, like it was a good purchase. But like, I'm still, on, I got these for $20, dollars they were marked down from 25. And then the microphone I use is one that Neil just gave me because he bought a better <laughs> one. And then I got some Robert Crass books that, that mounted up on me so I can talk into it. Uh, my pen doesn't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get your fix. horrible gaming podcast it's not good it's not great horrible gaming podcast it's not even what you would call fair it's really not that good horrible gaming podcast Hello, my name is Zachariah Van Sliders, and you guys have tuned in for whatever reason to another horrible gaming podcast. This is episode 42, and with me is, as always, Neil, a.k.a. Tiny Wizard. Uh, And so, yeah, so you're here. Uh, Before we get into this podcast, we just have a couple of disclaimers, although my kid is uh, peacefully sleeping right now, and as long as that stays that way, we won't have to worry about that, but, uh, you know, we pour everything into this, but this is a... It's as full-time as we can make it right now, but just keep that in mind as you listen to the recording. Then, of course, a couple of credits. Mark Bell, thank you to him for all of the original graphics you see on the YouTube version of the show uh, on this and all the other shows that we have. Uh, And then, of course, thank you to my brother, Nicholas Van Sliders, who wrote and performed the theme song that you just listened to. Uh, And we, of course, thank him for that. He also is going to be doing all the theme music for our channel's uh, channel shows uh, from here on out. So we're excited about that. Horrible gaming podcast. All right. So we open up uh, the show with uh fan interaction. This is where we talk to you guys. We read your comments that you have posted on this uh, here and in discord and all the other places. Uh, we also decide the horrible arena winner from last week. Um, and, we ask you guys a question just to keep the conversation going with you guys. So let's get down to the horrible arena winner. Neil, the back and forth continues. The crown is returning to my head. Uh, And we will, I will explain how, first of all, Kevin, he voted via messenger and voted for me. He did not give specific reasons. Just said that I got his vote and that he was sorry. He didn't comment. And I tell you, it's weird. Every time he doesn't like have like three comments on a video, I get worried for him (laughs) just because it's good at this point. Um, Then uh, we did have a vote for you, which was uh, Kayla, Uh, the one. Well, we'll get to that part in a second. Uh, Her vote this week, um, even though they're similar, goes to Neil. We did have similar pitches. But uh, just like I said, the difference is one out. So P-Blaze, Phil Billy voted, my vote this week goes to Zach's game solely for the custom character creation, which was mentioned. So I get the win, Neil, another close one, but we're going back and forth right now. I don't know who's going to end up winning this thing at the end of the year. Yeah, that's true uh because that's a thing that we are tracking now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been tracking it since the beginning. Oh, I can well. I I I got to <laughs> actually like I haven't tallied up all the wins, but I have written down every horrible arena winner. Well, every horrible arena project name, the date it was pitched, and which one won that that week. Since 129 was the first day we did this.
0: Oh, wow. So we've been going for almost four months now.
1: Yeah, yeah, almost four months. And uh, I was wrong. For some reason, I thought we had started that before you were on the show full time. But uh, while you and Logan were switching off, you were on the show technically full time uh, when (laughs) we started that. So there is a spot for you uh, the, the, the whole way. So, yeah, we've been doing this for some time now, some time. I got a good notebook full of it right now um so for other comments uh we switch back to kayla Uh, our question was the boss that you like that is a rage quitter that makes you walk away from a game um or even the level we would take that but um kayla said the one boss i can think of i haven't even finished yet it's the last boss of far cry new dawn which i have finished this game kayla you're not missing much it's not even that it's hard; it's just tedious and repetitive, and honestly, too pointless to complete. Uh, I completely agree that game is a super letdown, uh, super big bummer. I was super excited for it, and it was just not worth playing. It just wasn't, 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 wasn't. So, what about you, Neil? What's your uh, your your rage quit boss? Um. Well, you know, i i was
0: I was coming more at this uh, from like difficulty, not necessarily rage quit.
1: I'm sorry, I just I, I attached. No, that to that's me.
0: that's fine. That's fine. I mean, more often than not, like that's what's associated with that sort of thing is people like getting upset and just bouncing off of a game. Right. Um, I actually have a handful of them, but I'm just gonna stick with three real quick. Um. <laughs> I would say uh, the Sephiroth fight in Kingdom Hearts 2 is tough if you don't know what you're doing, Uh, but it's possible, and it's seriously one of my favorite fights in the whole series. Um, The, uh, without getting spoilery with it, um, the Sans fight in Undertale on a specific playthrough (laughs) I will say, um, is immensely difficult and it took me, I want to say, three months to finish and it's actually kind of funny. The game for a while keeps count of how many times you die and (laughs) says a little snarky comment to you before you start to try again. And the third one is actually a very recent one because I just finished this game. Uh, Doom Eternal. The last boss in Doom Eternal uh, just kind of takes everything that's been established on how you play the game and kind of throws it out the window. Uh, It's one of those bosses where it's just a giant thing in the background that you have to chip away at, not Uh. using any skill it's the stuff in the surrounding environment that's the danger and the worst part is it's got two phases to it and the second phase is literally just the first phase again in a different area yeah and uh yeah and it's just like the difficulty from it is like i said from the environment it was to the point that the only reason I finished the boss is I turned on uh, the Sentinel Armor, which I call it the You Suck Armor, basically. Mm-hmm. The game, if you, if you die too many times on a boss, the game will say, hey, it looks like you're having a hard time with this. Here's this. <laughs> and it basically turns on like easy mode. And that was the only way I was able to get through it. And even still, it was just not, not rewarding, not satisfying. The entire game up until that point was great
1: that's a bummer. That's a real bummer. I hate it when the bosses aren't rewarding. Like, yeah, that's, that's one nice thing. The ones that I'm going to pick are, were very rewarding when I actually defeated them, but like right off the bat they they were tough. And um, I've got three of them. They're all from monster Hunt world. All of them. Um, the first one I'm going to say was like the one that like made me wonder if I was good enough to play the game. Uh, and that was Nergigante uh, from the vanilla Monster in the World the first time you play through. Uh, this was before the Defender Weapons. I was playing a bow character, and I died to this thing, like, so many times that I, I, I don't know. Like, it was just over and over and over again, and there was a point where I was like, I know this is towards the end. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm capable of doing this. Um, the second one is Devil Joe, also from Monster Hunter World, uh, the first kind of free DLC monster. Uh, the, the time that this one was really rough for me uh, wasn't the bow guy. I, I fought him pretty well with my bow guy. But uh, when I went through for my second playthrough, I played with a hunting horn. And uh, um, basically what I did was I knew that all of the monsters towards the end of the game are really weak to, the, to, the, to this weapon type, and if you kill Devil Joe a bunch of times, you can upgrade his weapon to the max, and then you can really like destroy everything towards the end of the game. So I decided to go after him a little bit earlier than I should've, um, and just farm him, and it was the longest three days of my life. Uh, actually, uh, I was still doing a lot of playing around Logan at the time, so he can actually vouch for this, because we would be on party chat while this was going on, and. Basically, it would be like one in three times I'd kill him. The other two, either he would kill me or I would get timed out. And when you get timed out on a monster hunt, because you only have 50 minutes to kill the monster. Uh, but think about that. Think about playing and fighting one monster for 50 <laughs> minutes, and then it's just like, hey, you're out of time, draw, start over. Uh, no. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was nightmare inducing. Like, and it was like three days of farming this guy to get this. And then it was, I was right. Uh, once I had that hunting horn, I was able to destroy the original game with, with little or no problem. But like those three days were the hardest repeated farming. And then when I got to Iceborne, uh, which was a real bummer cause I did all this like a couple of months before Iceborne cause I wanted a whole new character to go into Iceborne with. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, when Ice Point came out, it was a rude awakening because they really kind of changed the meta so that you really couldn't just like, go in with one element type and whoop the crap out of everything. Um, so I ended up against Barioth, which this ties into a little quick plug. Anybody watching On The Hunt should check out uh, Tuesday's On The Hunt because um, me and Philbilly take on the Barioth for the first time, and you can see that that monster still gives me problems. Uh, that thing, it's the fast, it's so fast. It's so scary. And that thing would just, it would time me out or kill me every time. And like, I, I had to go back and because I hadn't farmed any other weapons, I had to go back and refarm a whole nother weapon and suit of armor to completely build my character to fight him, to beat him the first time around. Uh, so yeah, those are my three, uh, real difficult monster, uh, Real difficult bosses, I guess would be the way I put it. um, so I guess we should ask a question there, Neil, yeah, I would say
0: so, um, do you have
1: one uh yeah i I got one, I definitely got one um. I would like i, I, I would want to know, and this is a little bit inside baseball, so I don't know how many we're going to get to uh, comment to it, but uh, uh, I know we'd have a lot to say. I want to know what indie developer, like of you guys out there, an indie game that you guys like uh, that you'd want to see oodles of money thrown at, like that developer to get AAA uh, funding basically whoever it is i've got a couple in the barrel but like somebody who's m- just makes these amazing indie games but you know that if they were triple a god they'd be endless they'd be they'd be blowing you away now that's what i want to know what do you think about that one i think that's a pretty good one yeah that's pretty good all right horrible gaming podcast all right so at this point it's with a heavy heart uh, I have to bring about our first subject. And the reason it's a heavy heart is Kevin is getting excited somewhere because I am positive me and Neil do not share the opinion that uh on this uh, of the sameness. So I'm going to go first because I'm going to be super negative. And that is the Unreal 5 tech test, uh, tech demo that we all got to see uh, that everybody's just losing their freaking mind about uh, came out and it was a big win for PlayStation, and I have a lot of negative feelings about this. Neil um, wanted me to go first, so I'm gonna go right into them. Um, number one, I want to really hammer this home to everybody out there. The reason that this is associated with PlayStation 5 is marketing. It has nothing to do, th- th- like this is not what you're only gonna see on PlayStation 5. Unreal 5 can be run on PlayStation 5 or series x they can both run them the reason that this is so heavily attached to playstation 5 is money and that is 100 percent the truth i want to hammer that home because i think a lot of people out there look look at how good playstation 5 is no that's everything it's everything that uses unreal 5 because that's an engine tech demo it's not playstation 5 alone number two i don't like how this is coming out. I feel like this was a very strategic move by PlayStation PlayStation, to mitigate some of the very negative rumors circulating around their system right now, being it's less powerful, being that it has the design flaws, being that it will be a limited release, being that it will be extremely expensive for no reason. Um, I think they are trying to mitigate that and the way they're doing that is by throwing a lot of money at Unreal and because they knew that a tech demo was coming out and the whole like, oh, they're making leaps and bounds in SD technology, all of that stuff. I feel like it's all just like a, hey, look over here. Don't look at the system itself. Look at this thing that runs on both systems. Again, want to point that out, runs on both systems. Now, final negative point before I hand it over to Neil so that he can argue with everything I've just said. (laughs) Number one is... This is not what these games are going to look like. This is a lie. All tech demos are lies. They are lies that they put forward to you to get you excited about things that are not going to happen. If you look at every tech demo that has ever come out for every console, there are always these huge, amazing, beautiful things. The game isn't gonna look like this. This is a fireworks show. What they do is they take, it's a 60 second chunk, so they take all the processing power, all of the equipment they have, and they put it into just that vertical slice, just that 60 second chunk, so that you can be truly wowed. A game that's gonna have 40 or 80 hours in it, a game that's gonna have an open world, it's not gonna look like this. They can't do that, because the processing power has to be spread out over the whole thing. Now while this will make it easier for developers to develop, I like some of that stuff, the fact remains, this tech demo Is not what games are going to look like. So stop getting excited about that. This specific thing is not a game. It's never going to be a game, and that's why I don't get excited about these stupid things. So, with that said, Neil, go
0: ahead. (laughs) Okay. So, what's important to keep in mind? Try not
1: to interrupt. I'm going to really not interrupt.
0: Okay. What's important to keep in mind? with all of this is the uh, what was shown was not a PlayStation 5 demo. I mean, it was running on a PlayStation 5, but this was an Unreal Engine 5 demo. So the fact that it's running on a PlayStation, I think kind of has something to do with the fact that they might have some sort of agreement Mm -hmm. long-standing because Mm -hmm. unreal 4 was shown off on a ps4 i believe ps3 or ps4 i can't remember when unreal 4 came i I, I believe it was a
1: ps4 yeah i I believe i believe it was a ps4 i'm not 100 positive but i believe it was a ps4 and you're right i think there is kind of maybe a long-standing history but continue i still think there was a lot of money But go ahead.
0: I think the money that changed hands, though, was already – that was already a thing. Like, if they had a longstanding contract with Sony to say, hey, you're going to debut this on our console, I mean, if it was already a thing the last generation, it very well could have been a thing written in stone from that before. So I don't think tying Unreal 5 explicitly to the PlayStation 5 is – uh, realistic one way or the other. I mean, they've already said that it's going to run on the Xbox Series right. X also. So, I mean, it is a demo of that tech. Uh, when it comes to the graphics and everything like that, I mean, yeah, it's just polished up because, you know, you can put something out like that a lot quicker than a full fledged game. Yep. But again, what is on display here is not the graphics not like oh this is how this that and the other thing is going to work it's the under the hood stuff
1: you're not disagreeing with me right now kevin's getting very unexcited
0: yeah but i'm coming at it from a different angle because i think a lot of everybody's everybody's uh thoughts surrounding this are this is playstation 5 playstation 5 only like just because it was running on that hard hardware it's explicitly tied to it and that's not necessarily the case
1: that that's what's bothering me so much about the narrative about everything about this honestly is that it's so tied to ps5 even ign seems snowed on this when they did their console watch the headline was look at how good the ps5 graphics are no it's everybody it's everybody across the board it's unreal it's an engine not ps5 well it's I think it's circumstantial though, because this was the first
0: time that we really saw something running on a console. Okay. Um. So that does taint the narrative to some degree, because of course people who aren't following this sort of stories, anything like that were, are assuming, Oh my God, these are the graphics for the PlayStation five, you know, like that's, that's how it's going to be. And you know, we we know that that's not how it's going to be. I mean, if you look at the Unreal 4 tech demo, it looked absolutely right. phenomenal too. Right. I mean, they they all, they know what they're doing. They know what yeah. they're doing with it. You know, if Unreal is going to develop something using their own engine, they're going to know what's going on. Obviously, when that starts getting handed out to different studios and developers and stuff like that, at that point, then yeah, that's when we're going to start seeing some features and everything being left on the cutting room floor what i think this big this this is really showing off is hey games are gonna take advantage of stuff that we don't have to program anymore so right. like like they had showed the changes in the landscape with rocks falling and the light coming in that's literally they program the light and whenever everything else reacts around it then that's that's how things change well and um, that's exciting
1: because yeah. that means we might get faster games
0: um and then there's like the importing of cinema level textures and stuff like that like that is a thing that can happen but again if you look back to the most recent the call of duty remake that came out this past year um that on its own even like it used it it you used it words um <laughs> used <laughs> <laughs> it used like photorealism and stuff like that from actual pictures taken and imported in but it's from how it was phrased in the demo it was that's not necessarily that you have to modify all those files you literally just right snap them right in and that's awesome that means we can get good looking games a whole heck of a lot faster um but i mean i i think the reason why this blew up as much as it did is because we are still so in the dark on these consoles um you know we we know nothing we're assuming that we're going to get some information here soon because it's quote e3 time um Sony said the other day that they're going to be announcing their launch titles soon, whatever that means, everything's just coming soon, but people are getting tied up in the hype and yeah. not thinking, you know, about like, I am, I, I feel like what boil, it boils down to is I'm hot on this for what it means for the future of games, not necessarily what was shown there in that
1: oh. demo and i'm not going to disagree with you on that. I think if there was one takeaway that was completely positive in my opinion was that that ease of access and the fact that our game development schedules might we might actually be able to we might not have to wait ten years for sequels anymore you know we might be able to get them you know a couple of years afterwards. I mean good sequels, not the ones that just get pumped out annually, but you know those big games we might be able to get you know those games out faster there might be less delays uh stuff like that really excites me because that's something that i've had a problem with for a while i don't like the way the games industry handles their release scheduling and their delays um and how they do that stuff it it bothers me uh so I, w- I would like to see that improved via this tech test. That's for sure. I still kind of feel like this was a pulling the wool over their eyes. They they couldn't have mentioned PlayStation 5 less, uh, and they couldn't have tied this to PlayStation 5 less, and I still kind of feel like this was a move to mitigate some of the bullshit that PlayStation, some of the fire that they're under right now.
0: Yeah, I mean... I, not to
1: be the I, hot take guy, but
0: I, – I, I still think yeah. – uh, you know, actually, a, a little side note, the whole reason why I was kind of taken back by that just in that moment was we managed to not curse at all so far, and I thought we were going to make it through without one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we haven't cursed? I don't think so. Holy – Well, now
0: that it's, now that it's out there, fuck.
1: Um, (laughs) So, uh... (laughs) well, we're definitely outside a minute. That's good. good. Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think that the whole PlayStation association with unreal is just, I I think that that was happenstance. The fact Mm. that they had already signed this deal. They were already in bed with Sony before, that and then sony may have leveraged that but they leveraged that pre-existing agreement
1: i don't know about that i i still i i hate to put on my conspiracy theorist hat but i think it's pretty damn coincidental that these guys have been under fire for the last four months and then all of a sudden a tech test comes out where unreal can't stop talking about playstation 5 and how great it is like i I, I, I mean, look, I don't, do I think that they were ever going to show it on an Xbox? No. They were probably always going to show it on a PlayStation. But the fact that they mentioned it like three times, and then they, they had all these comments afterwards saying that PlayStation's this and that is so far ahead of everything else, uh, I feel like PlayStation went to them and was like, we need you to really talk up the PlayStation 5 in this tech test. I really do. I think this was a we need this, we need a win, and we need to get it off this other company's win
0: uh i don't know i don't know uh well i, I do my, damn it i left I my tinfoil foil downstairs so i can't really <laughs> put the hat on right now but yeah i i mean i i mean it could very well be that but that's just not the vibe that i'm getting from it personally
1: yeah I, I don't know. That is the vibe I one hundred percent got from it. I don't like the timing of it or the way it is, and I definitely don't like that every media outlet covered it as the PlayStation Five graphics instead of the next gen graphics. I feel like that was I feel like that was real like look, I don't want Xbox to win. I don't want PlayStation to win. I'm an Xbox guy just because of the services that they offer is a little bit, in my opinion, a little bit more fan forward. And I don't particularly like the games on PlayStation enough to make me transfer. That being said, I want both these systems to go to do good. I want anybody to play anything the way they want to play it. You know what I mean? Like I want to say that up front, but you know, it's our job to comment on these two companies and their competition. And I thought this was, you know, just as I said, it was a misstep, when Microsoft did their inside Xbox, their first twenty for twenty, I think this was a big old trick. Maybe it's the cynic in me. Maybe it's the cynic in me, but I feel like this was a big old trick.
0: Forever the skeptic.
1: <laughs> I am. I am forever the skeptic. I. I. I don't know. I just. I got real, real trick vibes from all of this. From all of this. Still, again, like you said. Um, we we didn't i am excited about a faster like the the technology and anything that makes a developer's job easier which those guys they work so hard for what they do and they don't get the payment or scheduling that they should get for what they do like anything that makes their job easier i'm i'm all for i'm all for that i just did not like the way that this was this was represented in the media at all just wasn't represented honestly at all regardless of the trick thing they should, they shouldn't have tied this so much to playstation 5 and they certainly uh shouldn't have covered it the way they did
0: uh i you can mean argue with me uh, you're allowed i'm
1: not gonna kick uh, you off the show i'm out of yeah, coho no <laughs> <laughs> if i kick you off it's just me screaming conspiracies <laughs> that's no fun
0: That's true. Uh, we already have too many of those people in the world. Um,
1: yeah, I mean,
0: I, I Jones of video games. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm just hung up on that image now. I, I, I can't remember what I was going to (laughs) say. I just I, I can't that's it I,
1: I'm I'm locked down now I can't All right. <laughs> we can move on we've got other stuff to talk about I think we've covered it I, I, I don't think either one of our uh, our positions is going to change on that I was
0: about story. to say I mean we'd also probably be staying the same things over and over.
1: over and over again like I said this is the reason I'm scared to ever do a show where we just argue about games of service because it would be like both of us would make one good point in the first two minutes and then it would just be us screaming that point at each other for an hour and a half. <laughs> um, okay well let's cover that. I think we can both agree that it's good for developers. Uh, I, I mean we don't agree. I think it shouldn't have been covered the way it did but still I think we can agree it's good for developers and it's good. Um, again though just pointing this out one last time. Unreal 5 will work on every system And what you saw in that tech demo demo will not be what games look like. That's the the nicest they can ever look if they're only 60 seconds long. Just want to throw that out there one last time so that everybody out there, because nobody else seems to be saying that. um, And we get 25 viewers, so at least they'll be in the know. (laughs) (laughs) Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so next topic of discussion is the surprise release date and announcement of Paper Mario. It's coming out next month, man. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, July. It's July, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, July. So <laughs> a, month, a month and a couple of weeks. Um, they just, Nintendo out of nowhere, dropped this. Uh, there had been some rumors that there was a new Paper Mario game coming it had been attached to that whole new story about all the remasters coming but it was kind of far down the list i don't think anybody expected them to announce it and give a release date less than two months away given the current world situation i think that's really freaking amazing that's what's really blowing me away
0: yeah i honestly um I'm more excited not for the paper Mario game itself, but those Mario remake collection that was (laughs) supposedly tied to it. Because I mean, I've said before, like I want a good old fashioned paper Mario RPG, just like the first one and the thousand year door from there, they just kind of started going off the rails and trying new stuff. And you know, Hey, you know, you got to innovate some way here and there, but like, totally upending the formula literally every single game like that that seems a little bit much in my opinion but now that we know that this paper mario game is real then those mario remasters might also be real and that's <laughs> that like i said like that's that's the biggest thing that i'm that's most excited thing. about is those mario remasters I mean the <laughs> this this paper new paper Mario the origami king looks okay like it looks good but I, I it very much looks very paper mario but I wanted to see like what the combat was going to entail really yeah. like you saw there was like one single brief shot or two with like with the combat and it looked like it's like a three-dimensional combat like you can get attacked from behind and stuff like that which is cool but like like i said like when you change these games up every single time they come out you don't know what to expect when you're getting into it and i I feel like yeah so either they're kind of keeping that somewhat shielded for now to like have more to reveal later or maybe they know that that's something that people don't like and they're trying to hide the fact that they're going to change it up.
1: Uh, I don't know. I uh, personally, I think paper Mario is one of those that's it's not the blockbuster uh, as far as the series goes. I think it's a, I think it's obviously a solid earner. That's why they keep making it, but I think that's why they keep changing it up. I think when this game hits a hit, like out of the park, nails it. Like, uh, you know, like Breath of the Wild or Odyssey or something. I think you'll see that system from that point on. Uh, so I hope that that's what this is for. It, and I would really like to see the R the return to the RPG mechanics. I we haven't had a good, uh R- Mario like RPG style game since really the last Paper Mario. Uh, not the last Paper Mario, but the the first Paper Mario. So it's been a while i'd love to see that return to form i still think it's really impressive that they are releasing a game this big so close to the quarantine like i i think that has to get get a nod of some i i'm thinking
0: that like i i think the biggest thing is you you already alluded to is the fact that this game, yeah, it kind of got leaked, but we have not only it officially announced, but it's coming out in two months. Right, like right. that's. I feel like we need to get back to that because, <clears throat> like,
1: yeah, we've we got do. all
0: these games that they're announced to be in development, and like, well, when is it coming? Uh, shrug. Like, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Even cyberpunk got teased how many years ago, seven years ago that it was being worked on.
1: And we're just now finally getting it at the end of this year. And it's already been delayed twice. I I think, I think the other problem I have is what they're doing now, instead of giving you hard delay dates, they're giving you these release windows. God, what a load of bullshit is that? I, I am. I, I mean, we talked about it in the last subject a little bit. I don't know how much in depth we should go into it here. I feel like it could be its own topic, but I do not like the way the games handles their releases, the way they build hype and the way they set dates. It's just infuriating to me. And I, I think, and while I'm going to say this right up front before I say what I'm about to say, because I know I'll get a little hate. I want a game to be finished. I always want a game to be finished. If you can't finish it by the date, you should definitely delay it. The problem is, I still don't think these game companies should get a pass when they delay. I mean, it's like when they delay, everybody just gives them a pass. Like, oh, well they need to finish it, that's okay, just take your time. No, they should not be lying about their dates and getting a pass Like literally every time they do it. Uh, It's really frustrating to me that that nobody's holding them accountable in any way, shape, or form. Do I think that they should release a broken game? No, I don't think that. But there's got to be something to be said about them constantly saying these dates before knowing if they can make it or not. Like It's like they're just throwing dates out or times. And I really like to see a game being announced, uh, and it's two months away. It'll build hype steadily till it comes out, and it'll sell good. Nintendo's got a good thing going with this stuff, and uh, I feel like this is going to be another big hit for them, especially since we have been saying even on this show for weeks now you know what's Nintendo doing this year? What are they going to do this year? Now we've got Harvest Moon is coming at some point this year, and we've got this. So and we had Animal Crossing. So already they've got three games. One of them is definitely going to be in game of the year con uh, uh, game of the year conversations at the end of the year. Regardless of what you feel about Animal Crossing, uh, for you or anybody else out there, that game is the best it could possibly be. It is going to be a discussion at the end of the year in, in game of the year award nominees, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, given the fact when we're just talking about game of the year, like <clears throat> all of the other big, big, big games that everybody's been looking forward to. I mean, final fantasy seven remake came out. Doom eternal came out and those are definitely going to be in the running, I believe, but like we are going to be going through a dry spell here soon though this paper mario game is going to break that up a little bit.
1: Yep, yeah. And Nintendo's had perfect timing with their releases. The Animal Crossing could not have released at a better time. And and I don't think they expected how good it was going to be, but you know what I mean? Like and that game, that game has sold more than any Animal Crossing game combined before. Yeah. It, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, but I think we we covered the Paper Mario. I know it's a sh- short topic, but we do want to get to that, our new Odds and Ed segment. We had a lot of fun with that last week. So uh, unless you want to add anything to the Paper Mario conversation, we can move on.
0: Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. Pause.
1: Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right. So that brings us to a new uh, a new kind of uh, – Wow. Train hit the mountain on that one, Neil. Sorry. Um, <laughs> a new segment. There's that word that I couldn't say two seconds ago. Um, we're going to do this when we can. Basically, me and Neil have found that we are both loquacious people and tend to be a little overly chatty when we get excited about things. We always like to have three topics on the show before, but sometimes we just can't do it. So we wanted to stop bumping the third topic. So what we have done is, it's odds and ends. In between topic number two and Horrible Arena, we're gonna do odds and ends, and just talk about anything in gaming that's exciting us right now, uh, for whatever time we have left over after the first two topics. Um, and we're both excited about it. We did this last week and we had a lot of fun with it. So we're gonna keep doing it today. Um, so do you want to start off or do you want me to? Because I have like five things I want to talk about.
0: Uh, yeah, go ahead. You can, you can start off because I don't think there's really been all that much that I've really been crazy about this week.
1: Oh my God. I have so many things. Uh, number one, with a bullet, since we always talk about it on this show, Anthem is dead, guys. Just want to let everybody know you can officially trade in your copies. It is not going to be a thing and I'm very frustrated about it. Uh, they released recently, uh, they talked about the new director of the, the the head of Anthem whatever moving forward. He posted out a tweet about where they are, and they are so abysmally be- behind with understanding. I'm not saying that they, they shouldn't be given the situation, but they only have a 30-person team, which uh, with what they have to undertake, and, and here's the thing. I, I wouldn't be saying this if we weren't about to see next-gen systems. Wouldn't be saying it. I'd be saying take your time, get the game right, and, really, and, and you know, do the update when you need to. But Anthem Next, they've said we're just now in the incubation phase. They only have a 30-person team. And next-gen systems come out in, what, five months? No one is going to be talking about the rebooted Anthem when the next gen systems come out. And when the next gen systems come out, nobody's gonna be playing Anthem anymore. Like there's not gonna be a reason to move up to them. The reason Destiny survived the Switch was because they had already revamped their game, which I don't know if anybody remembers, Destiny when it first launched was kind of a failure. Uh, They had already revamped their game. By the time Xbox One had come out, people were excited about it. And that's why it did so good on the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 if you can't get a re- uh uh the 2.0 out before that what's the point
0: um well i almost wonder though like what if they are taking this time right now in this incubation period and everything that's going on you have a smaller team you plan everything out a whole lot more what if this might be kind of shitty but like what if they're planning to launch anthem anthem 2.0 as like a next gen title like what if they're making anthem 2 but is like actually the first full release of anthem it almost makes me wonder if that might be what they're doing given that they've Uh, already had so so much
1: time it'd be a mistake you know i i think we said it we said it last week that if anthem is not at the state of play and we don't have any concrete release date by then it, it's it's a done deal and this tweet basically solidifies that we're not going to have anything in state of play i i hear what you're saying and while i think that would be cool there's nobody out, else out there who does like it's got so much bad blood running to it you can't re-release it and Call it a day. You have to like revamp it and let the groundswell happen. Let the people who are in the game get people back into it. And that's how you get people back on.
0: Oh, you mean like the five people that still play
1: it? I still own that thing. I still boot it up every once in a while. And I'm not saying it's a good game. Again, I'm not saying it's still a game, but they still do have a community. They still have YouTube videos coming out for that community. There are still people playing it. Not a lot but still a few people playing it. You still, you can't, if you repackage that as a whole nother game, nobody's going to buy it. They're going to be like, yeah, whatever. They're not going to touch it. What you need to do is you need to give the people who have the game digitally and haven't touched it or give the people who have the game physically and haven't traded it in uh, a reason to put it back in their system. And if they have a new system, they, they're, they're done. You see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, but... That almost, that almost, if they do that, that almost makes me think that they very well could do something that I might have, that I've alluded to, it was a couple months ago, okay. when we talked about this whenever they first said that they were going to be revamping Anthem. Okay. What if it is like a No Man's Sky situation and the game now goes for what, like four or five bucks used? You pick right. that up, you have it, but then when this new update rolls out, or whatever, then that price of that game shoots back up to $60 once it's quote good again.
1: Uh, that would be great. But I'd like to point out that No Man's skies turnaround did not come during a console generation launch. Right. And that is a came, huge difference. Yeah. It came during the life of a normal console and it came out, it came back when people didn't have as much to play. When this console launches, People are going to be inundated with games and they're going to be looking at the future. They're not going to be looking at the past. You can't have a game from last gen suddenly break into the next gen. I just don't see it happening. I think, I think if Anthem was doing what they were doing two years ago, they'd be fine, but they're not. And that's the problem. Um, but still, it could go either way. I would love them to come back. I really would. I, I, there is still fun things in that game, and if they could build on the fun things and take out all the crap, I would be so excited and very happy about it. I just don't see a 30-person team still in the incubation phase with the next gen coming being able to pull it off. Yeah, probably not. So I have other stuff to talk about unless you have you No, know. no, keep like I said, I like, don't I don't really want don't... odds and ends as a segment to just be me prattling off things just just for future reference.
0: Yeah, no, I'll have to <laughs> I'll have to I guess find things and chamber those for <laughs> for when we record because I don't yeah, I don't really usually the things that I do find we wind up talking about we on do. our Discord.
1: We do. Yeah, that's true. We do talk about them on our Discord. But that doesn't mean we can't talk about them here. Not everybody's in our Discord. Zach,
0: that is a perfect opportunity to try to get people into our Discord.
1: People should join our Discord. <laughs> the link is in the description below. <laughs> you can influence all of our shows. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, I just want to give a quick shout-out to two things, two games. One is the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa on Switch is one of the coolest games I've ever played in my life. And I just want to give that shout-out to that game. What is that? Okay. I I don't wanna I, like I didn't even know about it and I accidentally saw a YouTube video, like a YouTube video started auto playing on a different account that I have, uh, about top twenty five indie side scrolling beat em ups. And the reason was I had watched some Streets of Rage thing on that and uh, he was going through them and they all looked the guy had a real loose definition of what a brawler is. Um, a lot of them were platformers, but this one popped up, and it was just—it is okay. So it's old sprite. It's sprites and pixels, right? Uh huh. Um, but you play this like you play a character, Ringo Ishikawa, and he is a, like a Japanese schoolboy, but he's head of a gang, like a, a Japanese street gang, basically. Um and uh what you have to do is it's it's like a life simulator like so you have to go to school and you have to get smart and you have to find a job but at the same time you have to manage your gang which is just basically like going around beating up other kids it's so much fun i and and i just want to say right now anybody who's going to run out and play it you're going to hate it for a little bit and uh- the the reason is is there's no direction and so few people have played this game that there is no um there's no real like really conclusive guides without just watching a walkthrough and i didn't want to spoil it for myself so it's very hard to figure out what you have to do and what you should be doing uh i got beat up a lot um but uh but once you figure out the main like way the game is played. It's great. It's just so great. I'm having so much fun with that. Um number two game I want to shout out. Legends of Ruin Terra is the best collectible card game in digital form possibly ever in physical form that I've ever played. And I've played a lot of card games. A lot of card games. I've played Original Magic. I've played Legends of the Five Rings. I've played Yu-Gi-Oh! I have played uh Hearthstone. I've played Eternal. I've played tons of them. i played the Fable one. This game is absolutely the gold standard in CCGs. And if you like collectible card games, you owe it to yourself to download this game for free on your phone and try it. It's just so good. It takes a little bit to get the hang of it because it's very – the way they, they did the rules is kind of you, you have to think about card games in kind of a different way. Uh, but once you start to get your brain into that mode, it is absolutely the best card game that I've ever played. And that's a lot of years of card games, guys. A lot of years of card games. Well, I might have to check it out. You should. You really should. The the coolest thing about it is um like mean, just to give you a quick idea, uh basically the way they made it more strategic is so you both draw a card at the beginning of your round, uh then much like Hearthstone, you have this increasing pool of kind of like mana power that you can spend to cast spells and summon characters the thing is though is you can only attack every other round Hmm. yeah and i know that that seems like okay so what but it's huge like when you think about like playing like magic but you have to consider you can't attack this round you have to attack the next round you can't just blitz the other person you can't it's impossible you have to strategically figure out when's the best time to attack Plus, it gives them this time to set up their stuff uh, and gives you this time to set up your stuff. You can't just win in a round or two. You have to actually really play the game every time. It's so good. Um, the, other, the other cool things is you can't, um, you can't block, uh, you can't double block a character. Uh, you can't also double attack a character. Uh, you, have, you can only have five characters on the board at any one time you have to replace a character if you put them out. So you have to like really consider what you have out there. Um, It's just, it's so good. They just brought the pacing right to where it needs to be and to make a game like there's luck in it. Of course there's luck in it, but there's just so much strategy to it that it feels such like, like such less luck. And if you comprise your deck, well, you always have a card you can play. And then it's really up to like where you play them and how it's just so good. It's so good. I very rarely play a card game where it's not just deck construction and luck that beats the other person. This one it isn't. It's how you play the cards and when you play them. And it's, oh, man, it's so good. I cannot cannot say how good that game is. Hmm. I think IGN gave it a 9 out of 10 too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it got, good, it got good scores. It got good scores. And then I guess since Odds and Ends has been about me just ranting about games I like right now, I, <laughs> I also want to point out anybody playing Super Mario Maker 2, I'm actually building a lot of worlds there. I, I never wanted to buy that game. I bought it for my wife because she loves Mario. Never thought I'd play it. I ended up going into the World Maker, and now I have a whole, like, a whole Mario world that's out there that's getting likes and stuff.
0: Oh, that's excellent. I'll have to try to stop into what you got there.
1: Yeah, man. Uh yeah, I, I've got a whole world to play and it's a lot of fun. I actually stumped my wife on it too. Like she was like, You beat this because you have to beat it before you can upload it. And I was like, I did. Yeah. In fairness, I know where everything is, but I did beat it. And she was like, Wow, that's that was impressive. So I'm kind of excited because that's the only game she play other than the prelude to divorce stuff that we force her to play. So <laughs> All right, well, that concludes any odds and ends I have. Do you have anything else you want to talk about or or do you want to just move on to Horrible Arena? No, I think we should
0: probably just uh, head on to the Horrible Arena.
1: All righty. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, that brings us to the main event, everybody. It's the moment you guys have been waiting for. It's Horrible Arena time. If you've never listened to the show before, the Horrible Arena is how we like to finish the show. What is it? Well, myself and Neil and any other co-host that's here, we get a, pre, a predetermined quality that we have to then use to pitch a game. Maybe it's a sequel to a game. Maybe it's a genre, whatever. We then pitch the game to you guys, the fans. Uh, we pitch the title. We pitch the, uh, <clears throat> we pitch the title. We pitch the uh, um, uh, uh, developer. And then we give you an elevator pitch of what the game's going to be like. Then you guys out there get to decide which one you'd spend your money on, and you can do it in all the places. Uh, so we've flipped the quantum coin, and I have come up aces, so I get to go first. Um, are you ready for this, Neil? Absolutely. All right. Uh, so the pre-existing quality for everybody, else, uh, for everybody out there is we are both Sonic the Hedgehog fans for better or worse, usually worse. Uh, no. we, we have both seen the Sonic the Hedgehog movie finally, uh, which we both enjoyed and disliked at the same time. <laughs> um, so in honor of that, we decided, since the Sonic franchise is a nightmare a hole of bad games, um, we decided how we are going to pitch a game to save the Sonic franchise. So each one of us is going to pitch to you a Sonic game You guys have to decide which Sonic the Hedgehog game you would spend your money on. So, uh, for me, uh, I'm going to go crazy on the developer. Yeah, real crazy. Uh, I am not going to – it's, of course, going to be in association with Sega. It has to be. But my developer is the coalition. (laughs) My Sonic game – here's the problem with Sonic – the problem with Sonic since it went into the 3D world and even kind of when it was in the 2D world is you want to go fast. That's the whole point of the game. It hamstrings Sonic. That's why Mario is successful, so successful is he can be anything, whereas Sonic has to be fast. If Sonic isn't fast, nobody wants to play it. Nobody wants to be part of it, period. Uh, so Sonic is hamstringed by this superpower, especially since going fast in games is nearly impossible. Uh, when you're actually going fast, it feels good. But if you put any sort of challenge in there, like having to dodge or hit something, uh, then it becomes about muscle memory, doing it repeatedly over and over again. You can never get it in the first time. And that always irritated me. Why am I telling you all the things that are wrong with the Sonic? Well, I'm going to pitch you why I'm going to make a good game and why the coalition is behind it, because my game is going to be <laughs> going to be turn-based strategy. Okay. I know what you're saying. How is that fast? That's the slowest thing it could possibly be. So the turn-based strategy will not be just about defend, uh, fighting and defeating enemies. What it will be about is the movement itself. You will get fast glimpses of each section of the level. Not Not long glimpses because you've got to be fast. That's the whole point. But quick ones. Somebody will show you the thing. You'll get 30 seconds, and you'll be able to pick how Sonic moves through it. Where he jumps to, what he grinds off of, who he hits, how he moves to the next section. You'll go through that section for that 30 seconds, then when the timer's up, you get to just watch the coolness. Sonic flip flop back and forth, run around, hit things, uh, all that fun stuff. Same with the bosses. Uh, The boss can just be this ongoing, how do I hit it, how do I attack it? that way you can make all these really cool things that would make sonic really fun such as the world challenges the moving back and forth how do i move from point a to bo- point a to point b make it this strategy based puzzle game that's reliant on quick thinking and you would really get the feel of sonic you get to enjoy that without having to like be uh, gr- grinding on a rail and just not know there's a bug coming get hit knocked off and die uh like that kind of stuff always was really it's like pulling teeth, you know, it's like ripping at the fingernails. That's that kind of feeling that this completely eliminates. And the coalition did really good with Gears Tactics. <clears throat> I have not gotten to play it, but I've watched a lot of playing of it. And they had a really interesting flow to their real-time strategy, which is why I didn't pick Fraxis. Uh it's not grid-based. This would have to be this kind of like constantly moving real-time strategy thing uh it would almost feel like a rhythm game in a weird way um so that's my game um and i I don't know what i would call it the only thing i failed to come up with was a title i'm gonna say i'm just gonna say sonic rts for now uh so that's my pitch neil all right uh yeah um
0: definitely uh that was not what i was gonna pitch uh that's (laughs) I knew different. it wasn't
1: i knew it wasn't
0: <laughs> um you know they did make a sonic rpg though uh on the ds right it was terrible yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it was terrible for all the reasons that it would be terrible it's too slow like you need you needed it to be you needed to be slower while being fast and i think that this would do that yeah all right. I, so, I, I hope you I hope you in the audience didn't just hear me say RTS and turn your brains off because I try I tried to pitch something interesting.
0: No, I I mean I, I'd give it a shot. I mean, granted, RTS isn't my thing, but I mean I it, it could work. I feel like it would work as a mobile platform.
1: Game. You know, I really should have used uh John Wick Hex. That's what I would want it to look like. Yeah that one i really should have used that as a as an example i don't know if you if you saw anything on that game i know of it uh i've not played it though i want to play it but it's not for any consoles that i know of. Uh, all right well it's your pitch so i'm gonna shut up uh you take it away
0: all right so mine's really gonna be simple straightforward uh christian whitehead studios the ones that did uh all of the uh android and ios ports of the sonic games and notably the ones that did sonic mania uh, Mm -hmm. would be heading up this project and it is super simple i don't even have to take a lot of time to really pitch it because it is just sonic maker make a Sonic course. You can pick your background, you can pick your assets from any of the games, you can pick your music, they'll probably have like a, I would say it would be like a music, a very rudimentary music editor to like slow things down or like mix stuff together. Uh, Place the pieces where you want them, place the enemies where you want them. You can take a boss and take all these different parts of a boss that exist from across all the games and mush them all together mm. or you can just remix the old levels um, and I think I would call that Project Chaos and let me tell you I would buy that up in a heartbeat I honestly when Mario Maker came out I was like wow this is a great idea yeah, they should yeah. implement this across all the other all these other games and they, I thought they were going to do a Zelda Maker with mm. the remake Mm. Of, uh, of link's awakening mm.
1: that would be amazing <laughs> that would be so amazing i can't even begin to say how amazing that would be
0: but yeah that's that's literally straightforward straight up and down that's my pitch like i don't there's nothing else that's a good to pitch. pitch. i mean
1: <laughs> okay i'm gonna say right now i wouldn't i would buy mine before yours for the only reason, because I want Sonic to be a contender. I want it to be up there with the Marios, and I don't think it's ever going to be – it's the same re- – like, Mania was great, but, the, but Mania was just the old games. It's never going to be up there until it's up there, until you find a way to break it into that big uh, – uh, 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 what am I looking for? The AAA uh, thing. It's, it's just not going to be a contender. He's going to be in obscurity. Uh, until you can find a way to make them 3D. You just got to find a way to make them 3D. I will say, though, your idea is freaking phenomenal. That was – these are two great pitches in my opinion, just two great pitches. I think you'll get it, but two great pitches. They were. They, they're so good. They're so good. And I just want to say this phrase, Streets of Rage Maker. That would be interesting, too. That would be so Anything –
0: honestly, anything maker. Anything
1: maker. Anything, anything
0: maker. maker. Maker Allow maker. me to
1: make a video game as easily as you allowed me to make Mario games. Like, that's what I love is like, I don't have to be a developer. I can make a level on there and it's perfect. Like the only thing I want is more options, you know? Yeah. Right. Horrible gaming podcast. Um, okay. So that's it. Uh, we're down to the shameless self-promotion. Neil, you got anything to shamelessly self-promote?
0: uh no sir outside of streets of retro we'll be going up again tomorrow yes because today is wednesday yes tomorrow uh remember <laughs> this doesn't come out
1: till friday so we'll have i'm to
0: thinking last... about i'm thinking about the now <laughs> I'm thinking okay, about well, the now,
1: I'm thinking in the present. Neil's it, a present day thing.
0: Depending, depending on how you want to look at it, it is either coming out tomorrow, today, or was out yesterday, depending <laughs> on your platform.
1: It is. It truly is. It if you're really makes to the audio. Sense. It's not out yet. If you're listening to the YouTube, it's already out. <laughs> um, all right. So. Other than that, you can reach us on Facebook at Old on Twitter at Old Gaming 9. Of course, join our Discord. The link is in the description below. You can influence all of our shows from there. And we just love to hear from you, even if you're weirdos. Uh, we actually prefer the weirdos, to be honest. Um, and with that said, I, I think we're done, Neil. Uh, so that was another great show. We'll see you guys next week. As long as you guys keep watching and listening, we will keep making these for better or for worse.